for the first Quality Goods podcast of the new decade, Anton and I were joined by former professional baseball player Ryland Sandoval. Ryland is an East Bay native that worked incredibly hard to land himself on the roster of a minor league team in the New York Mets organization. He told us all about the struggles of being a utility player, the grueling travel that comes along with it, and explained about the shady practice known as the Phantom DL. He talked about losing the passion for the game after being jerked around in the minors for multiple seasons and rekindling his love for the game playing in an international leagues after his stint in MILB. Hard work and dedication are paramount when pursuing a career as a professional athlete, and Ryland is no stranger to any of that. His pursuit of making it to the bigs is a truly unique story, and definitely one you should check out whether you're a baseball fan or not. So let's just get into it and see what's good. What is going on, good people? You are tuned in to the Quality Goods Podcast. I am Chris Beatty. And I'm Anson J. And this is the first podcast of the new year. We Ooh, are whoop. recording it on New Year's Eve. 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 Yep. So last podcast recorded of the decade, but the first podcast released of yep. the new decade. 2020 vision, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I told, you, I told everyone to get a week. You got a week to get those out of your system, man. You know what I'm saying? But happy new year, yes. Yes, happy new year. <laughs> And I am so happy to have my one of my best friends and my my br- my brother from another. Definitely. And well, actually, his his mother is like my second brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, from your other mother. Yeah, I got one from of those too. Yeah, I got one of those too. Mr. Ryland Sandoval joining us from Montreal. From Montreal, yeah. Or yeah. Quebec. Quebec. Quebec City? Quebec near. Or, I'm like near, right in the middle of Quebec gotcha. City and uh, Montreal. <laughs> Welcome back, man. Yeah. I mean, you're native it. of this area, but uh, yeah, glad to you, be here. Yeah, yeah thank man, you for man joining Man of us. the world now. You're man of the world. Yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm really excited to have you on because, you know, playing uh, ball all these years, mm-hmm. I've been watching you, following mm-hmm. you, but you have a really different experience than anybody I, I've you know, followed as far as, you know, like athletic career wise. Yep. It's been very interesting. So it's been I, a crazy you know, and ride. I've never <laughs> got a chance to really sit down and just like pick your brain about it. So, <laughs> well, so, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, Casha Valley native, you know, I, I was actually talking, I think it was to Anson last night about how much talent like baseball talent has come out of Castro Valley. And I was like, man, this is kind of unusual. We had like, (laughs) even just from our era, it's players. Like we had like probably like five people make like varying degrees of the minors and even the bigs. Like, I think uh, like three people in our immediate like age range. Yes. Like, Like, I mean, our senior year, we had Miles Schroeder who was in center field. I mean, he's, I think he's still playing minor league ball with the Giants, but mm-hmm. I know of a couple of years ago he was in AAA with them. We had Castro behind the plate yeah. who obviously made it to the big leagues and was a first round draft pick. We had Danny McDaniel who was a year younger than us who played with two organizations in the minor leagues. 
I got to play with an organization in the minor leagues, mm-hmm. and that was just on our team. That's crazy. In the <laughs> Valley. And, and that then what year, too, right? Coburnus was at, he was a year younger than us. Coburnus was over with uh, Bishop O'Dowd. He was okay. um, a second round draft pick out of Cal Berkeley. Yeah, he, he played, played on big leagues with the Nationals. Um, Tyson Ross was our age. Tyson Ross has played in the big leagues as a pitcher. And then if you go over into Foothill, we had. Um, Oh my God! I'm just blanking on his name like a dummy. The shortstop <laughs> for uh, the Giants, um, oh, Brandon Crawford. Yeah. Mm. Brandon Crawford is our age. He was this '05 graduate, but over at Foothill High School. I mean, so we <laughs> were all so playing against these guys in high school. I see it now. Like we were facing dudes that were pitching, you know, 85 to like 92 <laughs> miles an hour on a regular basis as you know, 17-year-old high school players. And now you, you know, after coaching all these years and like running travel stuff with you know, like uh, our buddy Drew, like running travel stuff with him and like seeing all this stuff. There are no guys throwing anywhere close to that anymore at <laughs> really? this age. Not even close. Wow. I'd say the max I've seen at this age, yes, you will run into a few guys, mm-hmm. but the consistency of us seeing like 90 mile an hour On pitchers of that teams, age yeah. is night and day compared to now because you only see about like 80 to 85 now with these pitchers. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't really know the reasoning behind what was going <laughs> yeah. on, but we really just had that like, uh, we had like this huge group of talent. Dudes are just guys that yeah. are a year older than us and then, you know, a few guys a year younger than us. That three year yeah. group right there was a lot of athletes that came out of Castro Valley and all the bordering yeah, high schools. Areas. Yeah, all that competition helped all you guys get better than you know, sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah, have yeah. to go and compete on that level. That's so young. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And like, you just, we were just so used to it. Like, I didn't really think anything of it. Yeah. But it, I look it, back yeah. at it now and yeah, I'm like, crazy. yeah, that's just your high school experience. You're like, oh, I thought, everyone. I thought it was normal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought everyone was going to get this. Yeah. I look back at it now and I was like, whoa, we were really like in a, like a special time in this area. Like there's, mm-hmm. this doesn't happen often yeah. anymore. So around I was like, here. like, I don't know any basketball players. I don't know mm-hmm. any professional football players, mm-hmm. but I knew like a lot of guys that made Play it baseball, baseball yeah. professionally. Crazy, and man. I was like, Whoa, this, that was kind of unusual. Yeah, that's awesome. And we all played like most of us. I mean, all the ones from Castro Valley, like we all played for a lot of the same coaches too, like in yeah. Babe Ruth, Ed Dean, and um, you know, a couple yeah, of the other man. coaches that were in that. Yeah, league. I mean, guy, your dad coached yeah. a bunch of us. <laughs> yeah, Oh, my dad up. was like, my coach yeah. for, <laughs> nice. for a bunch of years. You a very long coach. time. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So like good coach, Tom Castro, yeah. you know, like all these coaches, they were, we got lucky to have guys like that to teach us like a good base of fundamentals for oh, baseball. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, proper way to take care of the game yeah, they're like very passionate way. all of yeah. them yeah. so passionate i mean and i think jason castro like owes a lot of his success to his dad like, dude that guy yeah. worked harder than any person oh, that i know like yes i have to we all you, worked hard everyone worked hard but like he was taking it to another level oh, no, and yeah. obviously this is why it paid off that yes. he got as far as he did like you gotta absolutely have, at that level, everyone has skill, but mm. it takes a certain dedication. mindset and Holy dedication, shit, and then man. you need a little bit of luck on your oh, side, yeah. too, for oh, sure. <laughs> but it's not that it was just luck for him. He no, worked no. and deserved no. every bit of what he had. Like, he was that guy on the weekends, but he started this at a young age. He was not going out hanging no. out with all yeah. of us. He, he was at the like, cages no. hitting. Yeah. You know, and it took me a little bit longer to start doing that, and I didn't start doing that till a little bit later when he was doing that at like 14 yeah. years yeah. old. He was, you know what I mean? He was yeah. in the garage like every night. <laughs> exactly. Off toss. Every wow. night doing like <laughs> Yeah, you know better. You lived right down the street <laughs> from him. Like, you guys were way close. I mean, like, you guys were close too. He's also just a gifted athlete. Very much. Like, all around. Very like, intelligent. Every sport that he played, yeah. he, was he was good at. Top 
notch. You know? Good body type for most of the sports <laughs> you yeah, play. Yeah, like, like six two or six right three, you know, yeah, like yeah. one eighty five or something. Right there. Up naturally, yeah. 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 Right handed thrower, left handed yeah. hitter, <laughs> catcher, all that. Yeah. good power hitting catcher, you know, who can catch and throw people out. I mean, that's just basically a recipe to be a first round draft pick and be in the big yes. leagues. There you go. So, I mean, yeah, pretty crazy, though. If you really do think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, speaking of local talent, I. You are in the Chabot College Hall of Fame, yeah. is it? Got nice. it uh, in there. Oh God, what was that? Uh, two, three years ago. They put me in. It was nice. three years ago now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. It was awesome. It was a great experience. I got to go, and they did like a um, banquet dinner, and they um, put me and another guy who we actually played together the same two years, uh, Bryce Mendonca. Um, he was our mainly our shortstop when we played there. Uh, he has like the stolen bag record. He stole like sixty some wow. bags in a single season. Mm. He's the fastest white dude I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Ran a six three sixty. Like mm. I mean, it's unheard of nowadays. Like yeah. you don't see that very often in baseball players. Yeah. But yeah, usually those guys are going out for football. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, dang. So yeah, we got to go and have the dinner and got to go up and speak and talk about our coach, Steve Friend, who did so much for us there. And it was just a really, really cool experience. So we got our names up on like a plaque area that they have at Chabot with all the sports stuff and like a glass, like a little hallway that they have by the pool over there at Chabot. So yeah. it's a pretty cool, it was pretty cool. It was, yeah. a, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I'd say that's one of the biggest sport programs for like a junior college or community college. For baseball, college. Yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, last few years, because Steve's not there anymore, he retired, but and the pitching coach, uh, Will Tavis, took over. And I don't know that much about the program as of the last few years, but I know they're still recruiting very well there. They're get, they push everyone out. That's why they recruit well there and get guys to come there, because it's not in the best area. Yeah. And it's like a desirable <laughs> yeah, place yeah, to want to sure. go to junior college, yeah. but it works for guys that's close yeah, to local. and yeah. then they can get good talent and then they know if they're going to do well that they'll get pushed out to a yeah. D1 or a D2 or a D3 like mm -hmm. our buddy Joe Salazar like he played there he played not very often but he worked his ass off there man like very much I worked very hard and bought into the program didn't complain but he just didn't get to play very much there was just more talent ahead of him mm -hmm. but he didn't quit you know he just yeah. kept working and they pushed him out and got him to an NAIA school, which is a very low level, but it's still like a you know it's still going to a university. Yeah. And he went there on a scholarship, and it was a nice. first year program. And then they cut the program after that year because of money and budget mm -hmm. cuts. But they anyone on scholarship, they honored it at the University of New Mexico, and so wow. he got to go in education, education yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. in New Mexico like nice. stuff like that so I mean it was there's a lot of ways to use baseball or sports in general yeah. with like scholarships and stuff to get your education yeah. travel around get to see new stuff and experiences so that's what's good about Chabot is that they make it their like priority if you buy in and to them and you give them what they want they're gonna push you out and yeah. get you where you want to go yeah and so the reputation cool. and that's why more people want to go there right exactly yeah. and so this yeah. is why they've done so well over the years i think steve friend is one of like top five most winning coaches wow. in junior college of california up and down california i mean there are so many junior colleges yeah. like it's insane how many mm -hmm. junior colleges are in california because how big the state is so yeah it's a pretty good place to go, and I've had a lot, a lot of good uh, baseball players come out of there. A lot of big leaguers, a lot of minor leaguers. I mean, they could just keep doing it. It's awesome. It's a great nice. program. 
Yeah, it's cool to have something like that local, you know, right? in a Bay mm-hmm. Area, you know, we've got a, got a lot of people here, so yeah, they, they got a big pool to, yeah. to choose from. Yeah. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So after Chabot, you took your talents to Long Beach, right? Long Beach, yeah. The, the Dirt Bags. Dirt Bags. Got a scholarship out of um, Chabot. I was actually thought I was going to go to um, the University of San Francisco. I um, They had been coming after me since high school, mm-hmm. and... Um, I couldn't get in there out of high school because uh, you have to clear with the NCAA clearinghouse with your grades and your SAT yeah. scores and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't done very well school-wise, grade-wise, and so I had messed up a couple years. My first couple years, I was just slacking, you know, mm-hmm. being an idiot. It happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I kind of got my stuff together, but it was just a little bit too late. So I knew I was going to have to go to junior college, and I hit with a guy out in... Um, San Ramon named Brad Wellman and uh, he's a Castro Valley guy and played in the big leagues and he was a great hitting coach and uh, he taught me a lot of things I mean he got me a lot of places and he told me that you're going to Chabot like you're going to go play for Steve mm-hmm. Friend I said I trust <laughs> you right. yeah good. exactly yeah. So that's, what say, yeah, yeah. that's what I did so I ended up playing very well my first year there played very well my second year I got drafted both years I was there but they were low rounds and I didn't want to sign there I wanted mm-hmm. to take my chances and go to, I want to go to university, at least yeah. experience one year. I thought I would get drafted after my junior year if I played well. And then, you know, hopefully I'd just go play at that point. But, you know, going into Long Beach, I was super excited and everything was awesome. And I went and had a great time, but I just didn't get the opportunities that I wanted to. You know, I just, when I did get an opportunity, I didn't fully take advantage of it, but I wasn't really getting much consistent playing time. So it was like hard to get into a rhythm with baseball if you're not playing often. Had a lot of guys in front of me that I didn't really do my research before going in. So like I had had to, I should have when I had San Francisco coming after me and I had Long Beach coming after me, I should have done my homework better. And that's Mm. what I always recommend to guys that are getting recruited for college. I tell them, go on there, look who's coming back, look at the roster, what positions you play or just whatever one position or two positions, Mm. three positions you play. You know, do you have a senior that's going to be there in front mm-hmm. of you? Do you have a junior that's going to be in front of you? Like, are you going to be are behind? Are you going to get any playing yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I didn't do. And I, hmm. if I would have done that or I had someone telling me how to do that, I would have probably picked San Francisco because they literally wanted me to come in there and they were going to build Start. their offense gotcha. around me playing third base. And yeah. I was like their guy. And I just because I had that, I thought that's kind of what Long Beach wanted to do, gotcha. but it wasn't what they wanted to do. And so the moment I didn't have one good game, okay, we're going to move on to the next dude. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. Mm, yeah. So then I kind of had to ride that out. So I ended up going there, riding it out, not really getting much playing time, but doing well enough. And my name had been out there enough. And so luckily I had a lot of teams talking to me my senior year. And about two weeks before, maybe three weeks before the season ended, I got in a fight with our uh, center oh, fielder no. on, the, mm. on the bus. And long story short, I got kicked off the team uh, like th- about Ouch. three weeks before wow. the season ended. Yeah. So I had about 12 or twelve or 13 teams that were um, major league teams that were talking to me about drafting me as a, they call it like a senior sign. Okay. So it'd be a low round draft pick, not a lot of money, but I knew I would get drafted gotcha. and get to go play. But those all went out the window after this happened and it really wasn't my fault like it really wasn't that big of a deal we had a lot 
guy was just talking shit. Like he yeah. was talking a lot of shit on the bus and he deserved every bit of it. And I didn't deserve to get kicked off the team for it. I was just mm. an expendable player yeah. that me and the coach never saw eye to eye and we didn't get along very well, which I never had that problem on any team I was ever on. Like yeah. I'm not someone to be a bad person. Yeah. Like I Politic always work my ass off. Yeah. Him and I just didn't click. And there was yeah. something that happened at some point that made him not really, I guess, be Cares. about me and yeah. care about me. Yeah, so once sure. I was an expendable player, it was easier for him to say, okay, now I don't have to worry about playing him. He's done. Yeah. Now we don't have to worry about it. And he doesn't really give a shit what yeah, I was doing anyways sure. at that point. So it was a bad situation, but you know, I kind of learned from it and grew from it mm -hmm. and then tried to now figure out what I wanted to do with baseball. What was I going to do? You know, I was done with school. Yeah. I, I had, I wanted to play professionally, but it was like, where do I go from there? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. how do I get in there? What do I do now? Like I'd been drafted, uh, you know, two years previous to yeah. that. I'm like, am I done now? You know, yeah. like, what do I do? Like, and is anybody paying attention anymore? Yeah, like it was yeah. just, it was a weird time. So like, you know, I moved home from Long Beach after playing there for two years and going to school and just kind of, I talked with Brad Wellman, my old hitting coach and my dad and, you know, other people I had contacts with. And they basically, I, we got a plan and there was a independent ball showcase in Yuma, Arizona. And I came home, you know, in the summertime of 2009. And so it was going to be in January of 2010. Mm. And it was in Yuma, Arizona, and it was a big thing. I had to pay like two or $3,000 to go to it, and I was wow. going to be there for a month. And they had, I think, about 200, somewhere around 200 or 250 guys that came into this camp, and they did like a draft, basically. So the first, it was two or three days. I can't remember exactly. I think it was two days. was like combine stuff. So okay. it was like... 60 times ground balls fly balls batting practice and then they did a draft with all the coaches that were there made like eight or nine teams and we were on like an old spring training complex mm. and they had five fields around like a big stadium and so they put us in the teams and we just started playing games and that's what we were going to do for the whole month and i got lucky and i just i mean i worked my but off before I went there, like I yeah, sacrificed yeah, spending, spending a couple yeah. racks everything. And got a month like, yeah. When I got home, my dad was like, "All right, like I'll pay for this, but you like you're not working. Yeah. No I'll party. Pay for it. This is gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> we got to put a plan down, and you got to do it. So yeah. I mean, it was like I had a speed and agility training guy that I was weightlifting with and running with and doing all baseball specific like agility movements, yeah. power movements, like all this stuff. It was crazy. I would come out of there like a three-hour workout, and it would look like I jumped in a pool with all my clothes on. Like, yeah. it was the hardest shit I've ever done in my life. And you've been doing this for your life. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was hitting every day, taking ground balls every day. Like, my dad sacrificed a lot to be out there. Like, I mean, he was in the cage with me. We built a cage in my backyard when I was like, <laughs> yeah. when I was like 13. So we had a cage with a pitching machine in the backyard. So we were hitting every day, mm. going to the field, going to the community center yeah. on the softball fields, and he was hitting me yeah, ground balls. Man. But just every Every single day I was taking no days off and I got there and I just kept that work ethic going to be honest like I got there early I was the first dude there every day yeah, one of man. the first dudes there every day and I was hitting in the cage just hitting off the tee doing my little routine then we would get the day started I would stay after and take ground balls after everyone left I'd ask one of the coaches to hit me ground balls and people started to take notice to be yeah, honest yeah, for sure. and the Mets were there scouting and they scouted me after the second combine day 
So I, they had asked me to come early on the third day to take ground balls in front of one of their uh, scouts. And mm -hmm. so I did that. And then they called me the next day and said, hey, we're signing you. You're coming to spring training in a yep. couple months in March. Nice, man. So that's so was, I was happy. So I stayed yeah. there and got at bats and just kept things rolling because it was still only, you know, it was just the beginning of February. So I was like, I'll stay for a couple more weeks. And then, uh, you know, yeah. uh, head up, go home for a couple weeks and then go to spring training. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I ended up doing and then going to spring training. So right. it was crazy. So yeah. that, that whole, that little, that year was like a crazy year for Man, me. Was something for sure. That I wasn't really used to dealing with. I had never dealt with something like that yeah. before, you know, and it was just a kind of a gut check and yeah, like some big extreme. Yeah, yeah. And just grinding things out. And it felt good to like get results from working so hard. Yeah. You know, it was like a good like gratification to have yeah. that happen. I mean, and you're you know? proving yourself yeah. to yourself. You Seriously. Know? You're like, mm -hmm. cause let I let me see what I'm exactly. capable of. Cause I had worked hard for a lot of stuff. I mean, I really had, but yeah. I had never worked that hard for something. Like I put every ounce of energy that I had that off season, like into being prepared. And my goal was to get signed by a pro team. And I did. And I was the only one out of all of those 250 wow. guys that got signed by a pro team. Wow. So was the, uh, the Mets, the only, uh, minor league organization that the you only minor league organization I played with, uh, was five seasons with the Mets. First year was 2010. And uh, my first year when I went in there for spring training, they told me that, look, like we're bringing you into spring training because we want to see you play more, but you're not going to go to one of the long season teams. So how they break down the minor leagues, you have your triple A team, which is right underneath your big league team. Then you have your double A team and then you have your high A team and then you have your low A team. And all of those teams are long season teams. So they start in uh, eight, they have spring training in March. Their season starts in April and they play through until September and then playoffs through into okay. mid September. But then you also have short season teams and those teams don't start until June. And so th those are for like college guys to get drafted after college and then they go right in the short uh, season teams in June. Get, okay. And those are lower level teams. So you have your short season A ball after your, you have low A as your, uh, is your last long season team, your beginning long season team. And then lower than that is your short season A ball team. Then you have your rookie ball teams and usually each organization has two rookie ball teams. So if guys go to spring training in March that want uh, that they want to go to a short season team, those guys have to stay in spring training for that whole time until wow. June. So it's like every wow. day you're in Florida, it's hotter than shit every day, and you're doing the same thing every day. Wow. Go to the field, you get up at six in the morning, you're at the field by 6.30, 6.45, they have breakfast for you there, you get ready to go, you do any early work that you have to have. And for me, I was a utility player, so I would have to do middle infield work one day, the next day I'd have to do middle in, uh, uh, corner infielder early work, the next day would be outfield early work. Dang. And so every single day <laughs> I was doing some sort of early work. So my day was starting at like eight o'clock in the morning, then by nine the normal day starts. So we have stretch, <laughs> batting practice, ground balls, bunt coverages, first and thirds, another thing of batting practice, another thing of ground balls, 
break for lunch, come back, <laughs> play against one of the other organizations that are around you. So we had the Marlins near us and the Cardinals were near mm. us. So we mainly only played against them. The Nationals were about like two hours from us. So we okay. would play them every once in a while. So you play the same guys over and over <laughs> wow. again. And then you do that. Then three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're lifting weights after you get done. Tuesday, Thursdays, you're doing speed and agility work. Then you eat dinner at the field. Then you go back to the hotel. Then they make dinner for you at the hotel, another meal at the hotel, and you eat, you go to bed, and then you get up and do it all over over again again. with maybe one day off in like every month, basically. (sighs) You better love what you're doing. Exactly. Doing the same thing day in and day out. So Mm. like... They told me that coming in, and I was like, "No problem. Like, I don't really have a choice. You know, yeah, like, I'm not gonna say you no. I'm it. not coming. You know, like, <laughs> these are nah, my nah, terms. I'm good. I'm yeah. not gonna come. No, like, we're gonna do what I want. Like, I yeah. know that's not how it works. So Man. I'm like, okay, like, I'll grind it out. No big deal. The first we just practiced for like uh, maybe four days. We just did practices, getting kind of accustomed to how everything works. And our first game of spring training was about three days in. We're in March. I'm feeling good. And we play against some, actually an independent ball team they had brought in. And we had five groups. So there was about 150 guys in spring training. And there was, each group was basically, the first group was AAA guys. The second group was AA guys. Third group was high A guys. Fourth group was low A guys. And the fifth group was us that were going to stay after spring training for extended spring training is what they Mm -hmm. called for the short season. Mm -hmm. So I knew that and that was no big deal. So we play against an independent ball team. The rest of the groups are playing against like the Marlins or the Cardinals. I can't remember which one was there. And I ended up, (laughs) I hit for the cycle, the first game I ever played in spring training. (laughs) And the next, they were like, everyone, the the front office kind of came up to me after that and was like, hey, uh, we're going to move you up to group four (laughs) because... We want good. to see you play with some better competition <laughs> now. So the guy who had signed me, his name is Wally Backman. And oh, yeah, yeah. he's gonna, the best there, manager I've ever had in my life. And if you know, if, if yeah. people listening to this don't know who he is, yeah. go on YouTube and look up Wally Backman, yeah. best ejection. Yeah. And where yeah. he's throwing all the Schwartz bats on the field. Best baseball yeah. manager ejection yeah. in he's history. He's up, and it's probably the funniest thing like you'll three, watch for a manager. Three plus million views. Yeah, yeah, it's that one. It's awesome. <laughs> he's literally like that on the field all the time and he's the best coach to play for like he backs his players up better than any coach I've ever played for and very intelligent and you learn a lot from the man which is what you want as a player so he was always keeping me in the loop with what was going on and he was like look you got a 50-50 shot you're either going to short season A ball or you're going to uh, the low A team which was in Savannah, Georgia he said just keep doing what you're doing Either way, it doesn't matter. He was going to be the manager in the short season team, which was going to be in Brooklyn, New York. So he was like, either way, you're fine. Like, don't worry about it. Just keep Mm -hmm. playing. It doesn't matter. So that's what I did. And at the end of spring training, they were like, you've done a great job. They were like, but we want you to be the shortstop in Brooklyn. That's what we want you to do. Um, You won't get as much playing time to some guys in front of you if we send you up to a higher level right now. You just have some guys with more money basically invested in them. They're going to play. So I said, no problem. Like, I want to go where I'm going to play every day. I'm not trying to not play every day. So day one of extended spring training... We're on the field. We got a 10 o'clock game. So they were, we were only going to have like one game and be done for the day. And uh, 
they called me off the field in the middle of the game. They're like, hey, you're going to Savannah, Georgia. Uh, the third baseman pulled his hamstring. Oh. You're going to play until he's healthy, and then we're going to send you back. So I was like, all right, perfect. So I went there for 15 days, played, did okay. I didn't hit as well as I wanted to, but didn't do bad. And then they sent me back to extended for a day. Played one day of extended. Then the next day, uh, the high A group had a couple injuries to infielders. They sent me to high A. I was there for like 30 days playing up there, which was cool for me because your first year, you're always on a rookie contract. So no matter where you go play, they could call me up to the triple A and I only get paid. I only mm. get paid $1,100 a month. That's mm. it. No matter Ooh. where I go. Wow. But if I play for more 30 days or more at any level, I get that pay no matter mm. where I play the next After, year, oh. which is nice. So I got 30 days in high A, and I was expecting if I went to short season that I would probably go to low A the next year, which is lower pay than high mm. A. So I was like, well, at least I get paid a little got bit that, more money. Yeah. Like, that'd be cool. So... Played 30 days there, was just a backup player basically. Like I didn't I didn't play that many games. I was just there in case there was more injuries, basically. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of sucked for me because I wasn't playing. So yeah. I wasn't like getting in a rhythm. I was just kind of yeah. sitting on my butt, like playing like maybe twice a week and wow. like that was it. Mm. And so when they finally sent me back to extended, <laughs> we had like two weeks before we went to Brooklyn and they were like, okay, like do whatever you got to do to get ready. Like we need you to be ready to go to Brooklyn, mm. do whatever you got to do. So that's what I did. I got ready to go and we flew to Brooklyn and got to play in a, probably one of the coolest places I've ever played in my life. And you're like, it's like the big leagues when mm. you play in Brooklyn because the Mets actually own that team. They don't mm. usually it's over like Coney Island. Area, yeah. It's right, right on that's the so Coney dope. Island. Yeah. Like if you ever watched the hot dog eating competition, yeah, yeah. I would see stadium yeah. lights with this big like circle lights around mm -hmm. the normal stadium lights. And that's the stadium wow. for the Brooklyn Cyclones. Nice. But they promote it on SNY, which is like the big sporting uh, channel there. Mm. And we're on TV every night. And so we have like, you know, 12 to 15,000 people at the game every night, which is unheard of for minor league teams. Like wow. you play in the Florida State League, which is high A, you might have... 200 people in the stands and yeah. the stadium holds yeah. 15, 30, the 15 stadium holds 30,000. That's, that's a lot yeah. of people. We, the first day that we had a media day, they, we had a media coach that came and talked to us wow. in the locker room and he was like giving us, you know, ideas. Cause he was like, there's going to be a lot of camera crew out there watching you guys practice. And we we're like, okay, what? Like, you know, like two, yeah, like whatever. Like two, <laughs> two cameras out there. We we're like, no big deal. So we get out there. I'm not kidding you. There was probably, <laughs> 50 different news crews out there. There was uh, about a thousand people in the stands that they led into the stadium to watch us just take batting just practice and take round balls. <laughs> and I'm nervous. I'm like, I've never played in front of this many people, <laughs> yeah. really. Like, that's like a, a, that's like a weekday yeah. A's game, not this many you know? cameras, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, and they're all honest. They're interviewing us during yeah. batting practice and like, it's like big leagues. Yeah, you know? like, this sure. is awesome. Yeah. So we're out there taking an infield outfield and we do everything to the outfielders, you know, all the cuts and relays to the different bags. And then the infielders are getting the ground balls now. So I'm playing shortstop. So I get the second ground ball of the ground balls that are hit. Third baseman throws his ball to first, makes his play. I get mine and I'm like amped up because there's so many people watching. <laughs> And I just try to throw the ball as hard <laughs> as I can across the diamond. And I swear to God, I threw the ball like 
12 rows up into the stands <laughs> and I drilled this lady oh, in her chest oh, in the stands oh, and she man. screamed out loud and my first baseman oh, oh, my literally goodness. laughed out loud and was like bent over crying he was laughing so hard I went too, and man. this shit was on TV yeah like, oh man I'm like wow what a freaking start yeah, this is a joke I'm probably everyone's making fun of me now oh, I'm like goodness. I was all Can I find that on YouTube? Yeah, maybe. You might be able to, to be honest. But it was cool. It was a cool experience. Yeah. We had a good time in Brooklyn. It was awesome playing That's in front great. of all those teams. I mean, all those uh, fans. And we had a lot of uh, media help. I mean, we'd have all the media in the locker room after the games. Like, like what you see in the big leagues. Like, I'd be sitting yeah. in my underwear, and they would come up to me and start talking to me. I'd be in a chair like this and just... They come up and start talking to me, the camera light in my right face, up on camera there. light, they got a little microphone, I'm like, I have an answer questions. Yeah, like you're just winding down done still. done before, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so like, yeah. who's that interested in minor league like, baseball yeah. teams? You know, like, really, really like, start thinking about what you were saying, you know, and yeah. it was crazy. But I had a great season there, I played well there, it was fun, um, kind of put me on the map with the Mets there. I think after that, they... They definitely thought that I was going to end up being, you know, something. I was in the top 100 prospects in the organization at that mm -hmm. point. After that season, I made the all-star team that year. I was third in that whole league in home runs. I was ah. second or third in that whole league in uh, batting average that year. I had, I was up there in like the top five for RBIs. Like it was a very good year for me, but I mm -hmm. broke my wrist with like oh, a month left in the ouch. season. Got hit with a fastball, uh, broke my uh, pisiform. Pisif what the hell is it called? Mm, Pisiform or pisiform. You know I had one of those. Say it, uh, <laughs> yeah. Bone in my uh, throwing hand oh. and um, high and tight fastball, and I threw my hands up and just crushed me. Oh. And um, so I ended my season. Was pretty pissed off about it, but you know I just kind of kind of yeah. roll with it. And Have then, you been the same since? Like, has is it? I wasn't the next year mm -hmm. and it was my fault though. I, they had me when I came home in the off season, they set me up with the giants, like a rehab group mm -hmm. and they talked with San Francisco and they got them to allow me to go out to the city and, um, do my rehab with someone out there. And so I was going to this facility out there and getting all my rehab done and they gave me stuff to do once that was done. And I, I didn't slack on it like I wasn't working out. I just didn't, I felt fine. I didn't think there was a problem in my I grip see. strength. So I kind of rushed myself back to hitting. And what ended up happening was that I was a little bit weak in my grip strength. And so instead of being very strong at contact point, my wrist was a little bit limp at mm. contact point. And I got into a bad habit because I started swinging too soon. Mm. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. I felt great in the off season. But then when I went to spring training, actually, uh, I was yeah. off, you know, and I didn't, yeah. couldn't figure it out. And I did, literally didn't figure it out until basically the next off season. Mm. But it was a little bit too late at that point because I had no money invested in me. I signed as a free agent. I didn't have the opportunities to fail like a first-round draft yeah. pick has opportunities to fail. I had to do something every single year if yeah. I wanted to keep going. And so that's kind of where everything started to go a different direction was after that season. And What year is this? This was 2011, my second season with okay. the Mets. And they put me up in high A instead of put me in short season. So I, or uh, low A, I skipped low A and went to high A. And uh, I was in the Florida State League, which is actually a very fun league to, to play in until about August when it's uh, 100 degrees out and 100% uh, humidity yeah. every day. Oh. And you feel like you're just playing baseball in a just sauna every yeah. day. Oh. But 
Um, so I played there and I platooned basically like I didn't know exactly when I was going to be playing me and another second baseman. We like never knew when we were going to play, like mm. who was playing what day, which made it very difficult to get into a rhythm. Yeah. But then on top of that, when I was playing, I was not hitting very well. I was playing very well defensively. It was actually probably one of my best defensive years I've ever had, but hitting wise, it was definitely my worst one I ever had. You know, I, I think I ended the season hitting like tough. like 260, I think, ending the season. And the year before I hit 330. So like it was a gigantic jump in, in the difference. And so they didn't just, you know, they didn't just like throw me and release me, which I kind of thought they might, but they kept me around because I could play multiple positions. So that was kind of my role after that was that, I was going to fill spots. Mm -hmm. I was going to go there when someone was hurt. I was going to play there when someone else got hurt or when they were making moves with guys that need someone to fill in for a couple of days. Like I was the one they were going to throw around everywhere. And then if I was set somewhere, okay, he'll be on the bench. If someone gets hurt, okay, we can bring him in. We'll be okay. We got no worries. And then when that guy gets healthy, the guy who we have money invested in, okay, now he's going to play. He'll go back on the bench. Mm. So that was kind of my role after that which made it difficult that's where oh, my career sure. started yeah, to make it very yeah. difficult and started to kind of make me question yeah huh? question like what am i yeah. doing like i'm grinding this out every year yeah. like am i ever actually and gonna get to like the big leagues career. doing this mm -hmm. so like, I, do, like is somebody gonna recognize your talent if you're always playing a different position exactly stuff like that yeah. so it was hard and that made it very difficult for me for 2011 season and 2012 and so 2011 was the year that I played bad. And then the 2012 season, I knew I was going to go back to high A. I didn't know if I for sure, like what was going to happen. So when they did tell me that I was coming back to spring training and that I wasn't released, because I thought there could be a, you know, that's yeah, an option. Like every definitely. year you might get released. It so I didn't, which I was happy about, but they were like, hey, we're putting you on the Phantom DL. And so I was like, well, what is that? And they're like, well, we're making up an injury for you mm. to open up roster spots for someone else. So I'm like, well, how long does that last? And they're like, well, it's either a seven day DL stint or a 15 day, or they have whatever the next one is, is like 60 yeah. or something yeah. like that. And you're like not seeing any playing yeah. time. During no, that so period. they were putting me on the seven day DL constantly with like left ankle sprain, right ankle contusion, yeah, like wow. just changing injuries for me. So I didn't play. It was off and on. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, we need you to fill in in double A. I hadn't even played in a game yet in high A, never been to double A in my life. And they're like, you're going to double A. It's in Binghamton, New York. So I'm like, well, how long? And they're like, we don't know. I get <laughs> yeah. a call at like 4am. They're like, you're going to double A, pack your shit. Like you're getting on a plane in like three hours. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I pack up all my wow. stuff, get to the airport, fly, haven't played in a game in about a month. Get there, tell my manager who I knew from spring training. I'm like, look, I haven't been playing. Like, yeah, and he's like, well, you're you. starting today. So I'm like, <laughs> wow. Okay. Man. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I mean, let's do this. Here we are. So it's actually a pretty funny story. My first game, I wish I remember who we were playing. I kind of forget who we were playing. I want to say it was the Phillies organization in AA. I just don't remember what town we were in. Anyways, we're playing. My first at bat, I'm like, I gotta just swing. Like I gotta <laughs> just here. keep my brain rolling. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I gotta just get back in. Like, no back looking. In. Let's yeah. just. I don't let's care go. if I swing three times and miss. Yeah, I, it doesn't matter. Show, yeah. I figured I would probably swing three times and miss. So first, first freaking pitch that I get, <laughs> I swing as hard as I can. I'm so far out in front of the ball. I hit it off the end of my bat. I break my bat, and the ball dribbles about ten feet foul, and I just blew my bat up. The first swing that I take. <laughs> so all the guys in the dugout are just, just like, like clapping. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just got to walk back to the dugout, get a, get a new bat, walk back up, take a couple pitches, kind of starting to work the count a little bit. Next, like maybe two, three pitches later, I swing, I get jammed, I hit like a, the pussiest ball possible to the pitcher <laughs> and he picks it up and throws me out by a mile i broke that bat too and i'm like dude this is embarrassing I'm like, this oh, is, so i was like screw it just keep swinging like don't think about it just keep swinging and i actually ended up doing pretty good after that like got my brain rolling yeah in. i know i hit a triple that game i think that was my only hit that game but i actually got into a rhythm and was playing every day so i started doing yeah. well but only for a couple weeks and they sent me back to high oh. age and then I was on the bench just filling in. I did, wasn't on the Phantom, but I would play here and there. Then I was back on the Phantom. That's kind of how my whole season wow. went. I went back and forth from double A and high A, I think, two or three times that year, which is hard because you don't know where you're living. So yeah. you're like constantly just never unpacking your suitcase. <laughs> yeah, you're finding like the day before and yeah. you're, oh man. Yeah. So you're calling that. guys that you know at that level. You're like, yo, do you got a couch I can sleep yeah. on? Oh, like, can wow. I move in think with you guys? Yeah. If I don't, they'll they'll put me up in a hotel for like four or five days until, until I can find something. something it out. Oh. And then if I don't, I have to start paying the team rate for the hotel, okay. which is not bad. It's about but. the same you would pay for rent, but, mm. but you're still paying a yeah. hotel. You know? like, yeah. It's not like super convenient if nobody mm-hmm. else is living at the hotel that I got a cab to the field. Man. You know, like I don't have a ride. Like I got to call someone to pick me up. Like it's just kind of embarrassing you know <laughs> so yeah that was hard going back and forth but mm-hmm. you know figured I, was, I mean that whole year I slept on air mattresses more than I slept in normal Man, beds because I would just put up an air mattress in like the living room or a kitchen and that's where I would that's stay happen, and man. like they would charge me like 200 bucks a month in rent which was awesome because yeah. I'm not making a lot of money but I'm sleeping on a damn yeah, air mattress yeah, every you're trying night. trying to do you know? some like, I have like no, high level no physical surreal. activity and you're no sleeping space. on a yeah. air mattress. You know? Exactly. So it was pretty difficult, but I was like, you know what? If you want to play, like just kind yeah, of keep grinding. Like yeah. you could make it to the big leagues being yeah. a utility guy doing this. Like you better learn how to come off the bench and hit because yeah. that could yeah. be valuable at yeah. some point. So I just try to take positives out of as much as I could yeah. as much negative stuff was going on and just grinded out that year and didn't have a bad year I think I did a lot better than they thought I would with the amount of times they were making up injuries for, for me yeah it wasn't like not playing for a week I would go like three weeks and, and then all play of a, a sudden game. and then all of a sudden play a week of everyday playing you know like it was hard yeah it so was would crazy you, would you say that your experience like throughout the duration of your minor league career is pretty common amongst other players? Mine is a little bit unique, to be honest. It's similar with guys, but... Like getting moved around and yes, all that stuff. but usually the, what was happening to me, usually it doesn't. It only happens like maybe one year, and then they release you because they don't gotcha. need you anymore. Yeah, gotcha. so they like, just kept doing it to me for four, <laughs> se- four years. Yeah, like, wow. And then all of a sudden they put me in AAA in 2013 because mm. they needed a guy. I was in high A. I wasn't even in double A. Dang, I was in high man. A. And they were like, you're going to AAA. Dang. You're going to be there for a week. That's it. And you're coming back. And I'm like, awesome. And Wally was the manager in high A. Wow. Or excuse me, in AAA. AAA. Oh, nice. <laughs> and he's the one that got me there because nice, the double A team was this group that had been playing together a mm. lot, kind of coming up through the levels, like mix and matching okay. some guys. But they were kind of this kinda unit come, that mm. they wanted to keep together. Uh. And so Wally had been trying to push for me. And he was like, why don't we bring up Sandoval? And they were like, well, he's in high A, like let's bring someone up from double A. And he's like, yeah, but I don't want to mess up their little click they have going. You're only bringing a guy up for a month, guy play or for a week, the guy's played for me multiple times. Like he can handle this level. And they were like, 
all right, let's do it. It's only going to be for a week. So they call me. It's like 4 a.m. again. They're like, hey, you're going to AAA. I'm like, all right, yeah, let's go. Man. Let's do this. I'm like, I'm excited. Like, it's AAA. Yeah. I'm like, cool, one week, no, no big deal. It's Vegas. Like, mm. the team was in Vegas. I'm like, <laughs> let's do this. So I go, and I'm playing every day. I'm starting. And uh, the first game I played was um, in Fresno against the Grizzlies, which was the Giants at the time. It's mm. not the Giants anymore, but it was the Giants AAA at the time. So all my family was there. Like, they hadn't even Heck ever seen yeah. me play in Dang. person professionally. All my family, bunch of friends came. Like there was like forty people there, and this is the first time you're playing in California, and first time I ever played Mm. professionally in California too. So I I ended up going five for five with five singles and like crushed it. (laughs) It was like so juiced about it. I was so happy about it. Like Mm. it was awesome. And I couldn't make that game. Got to party with everyone after yeah, the game man. like we were in Fresno which we weren't in the best spot but like everyone was <laughs> but it there made it better to yeah, have all those people was there we Fresno's coming up it was just cool like it was an yeah, awesome man. thing to experience and so after that like they just I, well, I, the other thing was I was playing first base that year because uh the only reason I got sent up there was because I was playing every day in high A because we needed a first baseman. Our first baseman got hurt on opening day. Oh. And the Mets told me I was only going to play one day a week to give our third baseman a day off every Sunday. That's all I was going to ever play. And I was like, okay, I guess that's what I'll do. That's what I'm, that's- <laughs> opening night, we're hitting batting practice. It starts raining. We're running off the field. First baseman rolls his ankle running off oh, the field. Oh, man. So oh. they're like, uh, Sandoval, you're playing third. And they moved our third baseman to first. So about like I think it was three or four games went by and I come to the field and manager calls me in the office and he's like hey we're gonna put you on the phantom and I'm like why I'm hitting well like I'm playing third and they're like they need the guy who's playing first to play third he's like a prospect they need him to play third Mm -hmm. base so we need to put someone to play first and I'm like well I'll play first yeah and he's like well you've never played first and I'm like yes I have I played in college which was bullshit yeah (laughs) I played in college yeah no problem he's like well let's hit we'll hit you ground balls for like a week see how it goes and then we'll we'll let you know and I'm like no let's go out right now and take ground balls and he's like all right, screw it. Let's do it. So we go out there and it's first base. Like I can play the middle infield <laughs> professionally. Yeah. Like I can play first base. Yeah. Yes, I'm but, short, yeah. but I can, I can catch the ball. I'll yeah. pick every yeah. single ball in the dirt. Like, and yeah. yeah, maybe the ones that are high, I might not get to, but at least the ones in the, the dirt, I'm there. like I'm getting oh. those hundred percent. So that's, I played every day at first base for like a month. And then they sent me to AAA and I just moved from third, short, second, first, third, short, second, <laughs> first, you third, know, short, second, first. <laughs> at, like that's how it went for couple months like I had over like 150 at bat 100 at bats somewhere between 100 and 150 at bats I hit about 330 I think it might have been 320 something and did well there and so after that season I was like I ended the season uh in high a but I went down about with like a couple weeks left in the year we didn't make the playoffs in high a but AAA made the playoffs, so they sent me back to AAA after that season, and I DH'd for them and hit fifth mm-hmm. in the lineup, DH'd all of playoffs in AAA and did well for them in the yeah. playoffs. So the next year, I was like, all right, like 2004, that was 2013, 2014, I was like, they got to do something with me yeah. now. Like, I just hit very well in AAA. Like, they can't not notice that. Like, they have to do something with me. I knew I probably wouldn't be in AAA, but I was like, I should be at least playing, you know, at least four games a week Mm -hmm. in double A, like somewhere around there. Like they need to make this work. 
So 2014 came and that's not at all what happened. It was <laughs> Phantom DL, Man. Phantom wow. DL. I mean, like months at a time. Yeah. They randomly sent me to Florida to hit an extended spring training. Did that for a week because they needed me to get at bats because I hadn't had at bats in like almost two months. Sent me back to New York, which was double A. So I flew to Florida for like five days, went back late at night to New York, got home at like one in the morning, got to my apartment, laid down, woke up at four to my trainer calling me. She was like, hey, you're going to Vegas. So I had to go back to the airport, packed all my shit again, go back to the airport. Then flew to Vegas, had two layovers, one in Philly, one in Arizona, and then got to the stadium, was playing that day, Ugh. played that night. The next day, had an early day game, an 11 o'clock game, played that game, went home and crashed. Like, I did not wake up till the next day <laughs> no, I mean, at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I had five missed calls from Wally, from my manager, Ugh. and I'm like, this isn't good. Yeah. And so I call him. He's like, dude, you're going back to New York. And I'm like, I've been here for two days. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I know you're going back to New York. I'm like, am I going back there to play or am I going back there to be on the Phantom? He goes, I honestly don't know. Send me all the oh, way man. back. I have that same dumb flight. It was like layover in Arizona, layover in Philly. Oh. And then to New York. Yeah, those budget yeah. economy flights. Exactly. Yeah. Like they're not spending no business class. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> and then get there and they're like, you're on the Phantom DL again. You have like a left Damn. ankle contusion uh, and you're not playing again. So that's when I started asking for my own release. Yeah. I started asking for my own release. Yeah. Uh, I had saw. an agent and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Like I'm not doing this anymore. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm wasting like, my time. They didn't have any plans of Zero. promoting you. You know, Zero they were plan. just using you. To I was a perfect fill insurance yeah. policy yeah, for them for whatever yeah whatever they needed i could do and i had been open and willing not willing but just i had been they knew, keeping my mouth shut yeah you like yeah i wasn't causing any problems yeah. i was doing my job when, when i had the opportunity it. to and so they were using me for that which it's not anything against them like yeah. they yeah. they're a business it's yeah a business. so exactly. why would they not do it so at that point when i started thinking about it like that i was like all right time to ask for the release so finally got it i mean they didn't they said no the first time wow. i asked this, I said, no. <laughs> like what so you don't know me this yeah. went on i Man. mean that had to have been in like late somewhere in june when this had started happening i started asking for my release and they didn't give me my release until august so and i probably asked about seven times yeah. and they wouldn't give it to me and they find so i'm just traveling around with the team just on <laughs> the fan dl i can't play yeah that's I, even worse i that can't even it. play if yeah. hurt, yeah. hurt i can't even go yeah. in the game i'm not on the roster yeah you can't so i'm oh. dressing and i'm just like sitting so in the doing all the traveling tennis yeah. shoes on just like watching baseball games every day just like man that's tough man. wanting to like yeah. just like i just wanted to go i just want to go home yeah, yeah. knowing yeah. that i've even told you guys i want to leave like, like you you're can, paying me you trash can, yeah yeah just like making here. a bunch of money yeah you know, like, yeah exactly like making pennies like yeah. just trash money and like having to deal with this so I, yeah. at that point i was done yeah so finally they gave it to me and um literally the next day the um, they had just put me on the last time i asked they had just put me on the seven day dl so the next day, I asked for my release, finally got it. Basically, what my agent did was he threatened them with that he'll take it to the top, to MLB. And mm. when you take it to the top, it's illegal to do the Phantom yeah. DL. Yeah. So what ML, MLB knows it's going on, but they just like pretend like they don't see it. Yeah. Until they someone, and you put it right into their face. Exactly. Yeah. Then they're like, okay, team, whatever team it is, either put them on the roster or release them. Gotcha. So that's what happened. He said, I'm going to take it to the top. So I had asked. They said no. 
Agent called him back, said, this we're going to take it to the top. Called me back five minutes later. Yeah, you, you got your release. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so the next day, the White Sox called my agent. They were like, we need him to come in to our double-A team. He's going to play shortstop. We want him to play every day. And we're making a playoff push, so we need him, like, now. Like, tomorrow we need him. So I was like, done. Let's do it. I'm in. Well, agent calls me back after that, and he's like, you can't go yet. And I'm like, why? He's like, the Mets just put you on the seven-day DL. They can't just take you off the seven-day yeah. DL. So the White Sox have to wait till your DL stint is done. So I had six more days on my DL stint, mm. which is too much. Yeah. So the White Sox I like passed. like now. Yeah. The White Sox passed, and then that was it. My agent, to be honest, thinking back on it, I don't think my agent did enough of his job on trying to get me to maybe like some, you know, camps or tryouts for teams to see me play. Mm -hmm. He could have done a better job, but I just didn't really know any better because I didn't have anyone that I knew real close that had like a legit agent. And my yeah. agent was a smaller agent out of San Francisco. Okay. And the guy did a lot for me. Like, I don't want that to sound like I don't yeah. like appreciate what he had done for me because he'd done yeah. a lot. But I do feel like he probably should have done a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that for sure. I just kind of like a feeling that I have. Yeah. Hindsight, 2020. Yeah. Like maybe he but just didn't know. Yeah, the more yeah, that. Exactly. Who knows? And especially because I didn't have much playing time in the last few years, you yeah. know, like. So I was a difficult situation and I was pretty bitter at baseball at that point. Yeah. And so I. Understandably so, yeah. man. They were jerking you around. Yeah. yeah. So that whole 2014 into 15 offseason was. Uh, kind of a weird one because I didn't know if I should be training because I didn't yeah. have a team that I was on but I wanted to be ready in case I had one you know <laughs> yeah. so like, yeah. I pretty much trained that whole off season until about like February when I realized that I was like what, ah. year, what year is this? I was so February of 2015 mm -hmm. okay and I was like I don't think I'm gonna play anymore I was done mentally too I was like yeah. uh, talking to family it was like I don't think I want to play anymore I was yeah. like I, I did it I went as far as I think I could you gave it a solid yeah. effort run. Yeah. I don't want to deal with this stuff anymore like how stressful it is I'm away from everyone for six months yeah, not like, to mention all that travel back yeah. and forth oh, man, sleeping on so air mattresses much. man yeah it's so of, much I mean maybe it's just I don't know all the sports out there, but it seems like baseball because of the season, like their minor league has to be as, as extensive as it is, just because all the stuff you guys got to do with, you know, yeah. like you don't know when you're playing, and then then you got to get hot and just go yeah. or yep. whatever the team needs, man. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah. So that was where my organizational professional career ended, and I took that whole year of fifteen off. Like I didn't. Yeah, and plus here was like twenty seven at I that was point. Somewhere, yeah, right around yeah. there. I mean, so, like, how does it feel like when you get like? As an athlete, that's like advanced age, you know. Yeah. But like, so we crazy. are still young men. Yeah, so yeah. 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 Exactly. But like, as a yeah. as a professional athlete, you're though, like feeling like you're getting yeah, you're yeah. mid, yeah, you're mid you, you see all these young age. cats coming yeah. up; they're all in like 21, yeah. 22, yeah. and like that's what the the professional teams are trying to groom into yeah. yes. somebody that they can exactly like have. So yeah. it must have been a little difficult to watch all these young cats come for up sure. underneath yeah. you. For sure. And like, that was what it was every year. It was like the years I was on the Phantom was like all these young dudes yeah, that, supposed to be that the were, next. you know, first, second, third round draft picks, you know, and they were all had money in them. So they were yeah. going to play. Like I didn't have any opportunity because yeah. there was no point. They didn't put any money in me. Yeah. So yeah. it was a win-win for of, them. Yeah. Like if I do well and then they look like geniuses, yeah. if I don't <laughs> like do kept good, them on for this, I don't do yeah. good. Well, you're just going to be on the phantom or we're going to release you. Like it's a win-win for them. So it's yeah. a, 
it's a tough role to end up falling into. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean mentally, because like you said, you don't play every month, and you play at a mm. higher level than you're, you're ready or you uh, were expecting. Yes, and then you have to like your teammates with this, these prospects, so you have to be a teammate too, right? Like, yep. man, I mean, yes, that's, and that was hard mentally, yeah. like to support other teammates and guys that were my friends that play the same position. Yeah, and I gotta <sighs> like. I'm, I'm like home yeah, in the back exactly. of my mind that but, like they don't do well but yeah. then I'm like going home with them and living with them yeah. you know like it's <laughs> yeah. conflicting for it's sure conflicting and they're like good people and I'm yeah. like yeah, it's I'm not, not a person. bad person yes, exactly. I'm like trying to be a good person but I'm like dude like I'm hoping you don't play well yeah. like straight up yeah, I'm hoping sure. you don't play well so yeah. I get an opportunity mm-hmm. and they would be doing the same to me like, exactly it's like yes, not you yeah no you're on the same team but it's a competition within yeah like if you're at the professional it's one thing like okay that's probably my teammates yeah. for a while but when you're in these you don't know where you're gonna be tomorrow right exactly. so man oh exactly crazy. so how long after that season was it before you joined the Monclova Acereros uh, <laughs> so I took all of 2015 off I didn't play any baseball in 2015 I was just coaching uh, travel ball with the uh, the Thunder Sox and uh, coaching a couple teams, young and an 18U team, and doing a lot of private training all that year. I was actually got the started playing slow pitch or a fast pitch softball with uh, the friend USA of team. Ours. Yeah, with uh, mm. Jenner Christensen. Yeah, shout out to Jenner. Maybe and, maybe you come on the yeah. podcast sometime. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd yeah. be awesome. And so I got an opportunity. Long story short, I got an opportunity to play with the USA team because they saw me play there and they knew I was done playing baseball. So they were like, "Why don't you come try out?" I tried out. I made the team. I got. It was the first time I actually went to Canada. I got to go to mm. Saskatoon and play uh, in the World Tournament. We got to play against New Zealand, Japan, the Netherlands, uh, Team Canada. God, who else did we play against? There was a bunch of teams we got to play against. It was awesome. A great experience. But there's no money. Like, you're not making yeah, money yeah, doing yeah. that. You're on your own dime. Like, yeah, wow. they're paying for your hotel. They're paying for food. But yeah. everything else is on your own. So, you know, we were there for, like, 15 days. So, like, I mean, it's not cheap. <laughs> no, yeah. So I was supposed to go to the Pan American Games with them, and I couldn't afford to do it. Like, I just couldn't wow. do it. It was just too much money to do it. So I told them that I wasn't going to go, and that's where I stopped playing. But I got the opportunity to go coach at Santa Clara, girls softball, mm. because I had been playing softball. So I was doing that. I was the infield <laughs> coach over at Chabot part-time. I was doing private training and coaching a couple travel ball teams. So I was all over the place. And then all of a sudden, my buddy called me towards the end of 2015 and was like, hey, do you want to go play independent ball? And I was like, I thought about it previous to that, and I was like, nah, dude, I don't want to do it. He's like, dude, you need to come play. It's this Can-Am league. It's a Canadian-American league. Like, it's cool. It's a great league. Play about 100 games. Like, you need to come play. I'm like, we're looking for a middle infielder. Like, we need you to come play. So I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I might never get an opportunity like this ever again. Mm -hmm. I was like, screw it. Let's do it. So I started training. Basically, in January of uh, 16, I started training. And went into their spring training, which isn't till uh, May. Mm. So I went in in May and played for them for a season. And then from there, the Mexican League scouts that league. And so mm. that's where the Acereros came in. They saw me play there. They saw my last name is Sandoval. So they were like, you have Mexican <laughs> background. Mm. And I'm like... I do, but like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, we can get you a Mexican passport if you can, Ah. were any of your relatives born in Mexico? And I said, well, my great grandmother was born in Mexico, but no one else. Like, is that too far back? And they were like, no, that's as 
furthest back as we can. <laughs> the as we can push we got it. you. So I go through you. all this stuff, finding her birth certificate, getting that to match my grandma's birth certificate, oh, yeah. getting that to match so my lineage. dad's birth certificate, getting that to match my birth certificate. <laughs> Did all this stuff, got a Mexican passport, and went down there for uh, uh, fall ball, basically winter ball, and played because they wanted to see me play a little bit more. So yeah. I went down in fall ball in 2000 and. 17. I played two years in the Can-Am League for the New Jersey Jackals. After my season in 17, I didn't know what I was going to do yet. Went and played winter ball for about 10 days and got hit in the face with a fastball. Oh, oh Jesus. Oh. Broke my nose in three places, oh, ouch. which is another crazy story. Oh. Like, got blown up in the face. It was a crazy at-bat, too. It was like a 14-pitch at-bat. Oh, he kept throwing gosh. me breaking balls, and I was kept fouling him off, fouling him off, so I was like starting to creep closer to the oh. plate because he was throwing them all away. And he so threw me like, you seriously, off. I swear to God, it must. I think it was like six or seven in a row that he threw me, which oh. never happens, and I just kept fouling him off, fouling him off, Fouling him off, and then bam, fastball up in inks. I'm hanging out over the plate thinking it was going to be another breaking ball away. Just crushed me. Mm. Broke my nose. Took me to the emergency room. My girl was with me at the time. She was there in the stands. Nobody speaks English. So she gets in the ambulance with me. My trainer's in there. This is in Mexico? Yeah, Yeah. speaking like... We were in a town called Celaya. It was where they played their winter ball, but it was for like the Acereros, basically. Mm. But it was like their little side winter ball team that they have. Go to the emergency room, and I broke it on my left side of my nose in three places. But at the time, I didn't know. Really, I knew it was broken because my nose was just like hanging. Yeah. But the doctor in the emergency room, I'm in like a gross town of Mexico. Like I'm not yeah. in a nice place. And it's like dirty everywhere in this emergency room, like grossly, oh, grossly dirty. And I'm sitting in like the bed Bro. and the doctor's looking in my right nostril. And in my head, I'm like, I broke the other side. <laughs> maybe he's just thinking maybe it broke all the way through. Yeah, so check. I, and he's just checking. And then he just stopped after like 10 minutes and he walked away. And I was like, to my trainer, I'm like, yo, he's looking in the wrong nose. I'm like, he's yeah. not even looking in the right side. So the guy comes back before I can even tell him. He's like, so you're going to have surgery at about like five o'clock in the morning. It was like midnight at this point. He's like, we're going to have surgery about five o'clock in the morning. And he starts, he's like speaking broken English. So I stopped him. I was like, wait, 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 wait. One, you're looking in the wrong nostril. Two, we've never taken an x-ray, so we don't know yeah. what the hell's going yeah, on. Yeah, you know what's exactly what's Three, right. I'm telling you right now, I will never have surgery in this yeah. hospital. Oh, like, you are tripping goodness. if you think yeah, I'm having surgery in this hospital. going to get and fall off, yeah. man. <laughs> so I'm texting the GM, and I'm like, yo, you need to yeah, you be out of here, here man. right yeah. now. And he started laughing. I mean, and he was like, don't worry, we're not... You're not going to have surgery there. <laughs> We're going to send you to Monterey, Mexico, which has some like one of the best hospitals oh, that you can nice. go to. So, long story short, oh, got gotcha. there, got my nose fixed, and then they sent me back to Canada, oh. actually, because I was basically living with my girl now. I was had just basically moved in with her mm. before I went to Mexico. So wow. I went back to Canada, and then they wanted me to go back to Mexico for winter ball after my nose healed after about, like, 15 days. Oh, my god! And I was like, oh, no, it's not healed yet. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I still oh, have man. some problems. I can't, I can't even yeah. breathe out I of this thing right now. I didn't want to go back, like, because we were living in some really sketchy places. Yeah, and damn. It was a bad experience. So then it kind of... Turned me off a little bit about going to play for the summer ball, the Acereros. But I was like, you know what? I'll still go experience it. So I did. And that was awesome because that was, that was, it's their big leagues. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we had 25,000 plus in every wow, single game. That's cool. Our opening night was in Tijuana and 
It was the craziest opening night ceremonies I have ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. The fireworks show was like five times better than any big league fireworks show. Ever seen. It was yeah. the most absurd fireworks show I've ever seen. This was all before the game yeah, those started. Those are non-regulated yeah. fireworks. Yeah, exactly. yeah. They had a whole stage on the middle of the field over the top of second base. With They had like nine bands play. The stadium was open at like 11 o'clock in the morning. Damn. Everyone was so drunk at the games it was insane yeah uh, so they do all they had the Takate girls and the Pepsi yeah. girls dancing on the field like all this crazy stuff happened before the game the game was supposed to start at 7 it took them so long to get everything off the field that we didn't start till 9 o'clock at night oh my god! but there was 25 or was it 24 it was somewhere right around there I think it was 24,000 people in the stands watching the game That's opening amazing. night and I was like this yeah, is hell crazy yeah. Yeah. Like, this oh. is awesome so that was a cool experience but also again there I was behind some players and they, I knew that going in. I knew a big roster. It was a big roster and they panic very much in Mexico. Like they don't really give you time to get going. (laughs) You you strike out once and like, Oh, you sit down. Yeah. They hit the panic button and they're panicking. So I'm not joking for the first month. I mean, we were in the locker room. Everyone was just looking over their shoulder, waiting for the hitting coach to walk in the locker room to pull someone in the office (laughs) and who got released. I mean, it was daily. Someone was getting released daily. Oh my goodness. So it was very stressful. I didn't like it. Hard to communicate because I don't speak Spanish. I know a little bit, but not enough to communicate yeah, with yeah. You very well with people. Makes it even more difficult. Mm-hmm. So it was hard. So then they loaned me to another team because they needed a, a middle infielder. So they loaned me to Laredo, which is on the border of Texas. Mm-hmm. And they have a stadium in Mexico, and they use a stadium in Texas. So you have the decision w- which side you want to live on. So I was like, I'm living in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so I lived in the right. team hotel. Isn't that a pretty tough border town over there, too? Uh, it's yeah. very sketchy. Yeah. Like, yeah. very, very sketchy. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not living in Mexico on that side. They wouldn't let us take cabs after the game in Mexico because there's so much cartel shit going on. Oof. They were like, you cannot take they a cab. Even, yeah. Do not like, even try. They, yeah. That Wait cab ain't the, going home. No. Yeah. Wait for <laughs> the team bus or the team shuttle Mm -hmm. to take you American guys back to the States. But that would suck because there was like 10 of us. And if some guys were taking their time showering and eating after the game, yeah, like wait for, we'd be waiting uh, for everyone. So that's why there was appeal to take a cab, you know, because the border was honestly only like 10 minutes yeah, away. No, yeah. no, but really. you got to go through the border. Yeah, the you got to show passports. Sometimes we had to get off the bus. Like, you know, it's like not easy just to get across yeah, the border uh, all the time. So like doing that was hard. So I played there for a while. Then they wanted to send me back to, uh, to Monclova when my loan contract was up. But then Monclova's roster was full. So they wanted to put me on a different team, which was Puebla, which was Monclova. The owner owned both teams. Hmm. And they wanted to send me to Puebla. But I was technically on Puebla's roster when I was playing for Monclova, (laughs) which they never told me. So they can do anything they want with contracts. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) One, first, I found out that they were only paying me. They were paying me a lot less than what the contract said. And I didn't know that because everything was in pesos. And so I had a Mexican account that everything was put into. Mm. And so they were supposed to pay me a certain amount. And I was getting a little bit less. And I realized it once I was with Laredo because I got my last check and it was an actual check for, for finally not just direct deposited. And I saw the amount and I was like, that's not right. So yes. I called them. They were like, yeah, this is the contract that Monclova sent us. So I called Monclova and I was like, you guys have been paying me this for the last like three months. I was like, this isn't right. You guys told me this amount and you're paying me a lot less. Like it was like a couple thousand dollars yeah. less in American. So 
they figured it out. They realized that they had messed up. They gave, they did pay me okay. some of the money back, mm. not all of it. I still haven't been paid back some of that money. Mm. But basically what happened was that I was on the Pueblo roster loaned out to Monclova, which I didn't know. They never told me that. Then Monclova loaned me to Laredo, but since I had been loaned out twice, I couldn't go back on either one of those rosters. So I, they were like, well, we, you're just, you're released now. And oh I was like, gosh. okay, cool. Right. Well, I guess yeah. I'm going back cool. to Canada. Then. Yeah, you know, exactly. I guess I'm going back to Canada. Adios. Yeah. Like Monclova. <laughs> so I was out and I was done with that whole Mexico experience. Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. You guys can just do whatever you want. Like, yeah. Wow. Contracts don't matter. Yes. It was great money and it was awesome getting paid well for the first time ever, even though I wasn't really playing that much, yeah. but it was still awesome. I mean, we got to go to Cancun. We got to go yeah. to Yucatan. We got to go to like all these very cool places in Mexico and experience some yeah. very cool things. I mean, Cancun, we were literally staying on the, like the strip where all like the hotels are in Cancun. <laughs> yeah. We walk out, jump in a cab and you're downtown Cancun with all the <laughs> cool clubs and bars yeah. and restaurants mm-hmm. in five minutes. Like it was, awesome we were there for four days we had an off day while we were there like it was great yeah yeah so it was awesome it was a very cool experience yeah. but i would never ever yeah do you're it like again. i good for I what it was never do it again way well, too much crap to deal with yeah. Yeah. well you certainly did some crazy travels you know all yeah. from baseball so yeah, yeah it was sure. crazy you know, regardless of whether you made the bigs and got the big checks, you've still got to have a lot of cool experiences. Very much. I got yeah. to meet a lot of cool people. I have a lot of friends that I am very good friends with now mm-hmm. just from playing, and I would have never met if I never got to play. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would have never met my girl. I would never have my daughter or yeah, my son go. that's yeah. on the way right now if I never played in the Can-Am League. I met her playing in the Can-Am <laughs> League. So, I mean, all this stuff has happened because of baseball. So, I'm it's amazing. very grateful for all of it. Now that I you know have perspective on everything, yeah. I'm very grateful for everything. Yes, 100% disappointed I never made it to the big leagues, but I'm not, I have no regrets. Like, yeah, I yeah, know I worked my butt off. Yes, disappointed for sure, but you know, life goes on. A lot yeah. of things cool have happened in my life. I can be grateful for it. Doesn't, it's not all about baseball. You for know? sure, yeah. I mean, so yeah. now it's time to just you know figure out my life and what I want to do now. You know, mm-hmm. Are you going to continue to do baseball yeah. things? You know, with baseball, I might need to get like a normal person job to be able to (laughs) supplement something like that until I can build, you know, maybe an indoor facility or something like that up enough to support my income. Mm. So I don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing, but I do know that that is baseball that I want to stay into. And I'm lucky right now with the job that I have in Canada to uh, be coaching still and basically running a high school program in Canada. So that'll be Mm -hmm. nice to keep staying with baseball. And then hopefully I can use this to be able to open up an indoor facility and do training that I want to do privately and exactly how I want to do it and not have to worry about, you know, someone else, it's someone else's program, you know? So I would just really like to do something like that, have my own program, you know, baseball specific weightlifting, you know, um, infield lessons, hitting lessons, kind of whatever everyone needs, group training, individual training, you know, that's kind of what my goal is. And so we'll see where I can take that. Just don't know exactly when and where I'm going to do that at yet. So that's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also good because that's like a good segue to one of our next guests, like coming up. Uh, he was like a 
soccer player for Chelsea. You know? okay. He's running a soccer program out here. Well, that's awesome. And you guys will get to hear more about that <laughs> soon. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're the first like professional athlete that we've had. We had a gym uh, owner, which mm-hmm. is she's also she's a high athlete. level yeah, athlete yeah. as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, like fitness trainer and yeah. that's cool. Body competitions and stuff like oh, that. Oh, nice. Yeah. But yeah, but would you have any? Um, advice or anything you've taken away from your career that you would give your younger self or someone like in your position uh, coming out of high school or anything like that that maybe you didn't expect until you kind of got into the system? Or? You know, one thing that I've realized just honestly kind of recently and it's, you know, I always, I got in such a routine of working hard that I stayed the same in my routine because I knew it was that I was working hard. Mm. But the level of hard work keeps getting higher and higher as the levels get higher and higher. Mm -hmm. So like, yes, I was working hard when I was in, you know, uh, the first year in 2010 and the off season, I worked very hard and I did work. I worked that same hardness the next year, Mm -hmm. but I was going up in the level. So I needed to take my workouts to To another level and then another level. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing where it's not being lazy because I was working out very hard. I just wasn't taking it to another level mm-hmm. and I needed to do that. And I didn't understand that being young and, you know, yeah. not like this is worse for me until exactly. yeah, up into this point. And that would be one thing that I would, that I do tell kids, <clears throat> excuse me, that I do tell kids that I'm training is that you have to work hard, obviously, mm-hmm. but you have to be willing to take that further every year and never stop doing that. Yeah until you get to your goal yeah. and you need to have that goal in your face, write it down on a piece of paper, whatever that goal yeah, is, put it, it on your mirror every morning. So you yeah. read it and see it and yeah. believe it and do it and yeah. want it and do whatever it takes, sacrifice, whatever you have to sacrifice and do it, you know? And so that, that would be my biggest advice. And that is my biggest advice that I give young kids that are trying to get to college and mm-hmm. things like that. You know, you have to have the goal and it needs to be specific and then you need to be willing to sacrifice pretty much everything yeah. to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. And that's anything, honestly. Yeah. Every, you do have mm-hmm. to sacrifice, not everything, but a lot yes. to get to that yes. point. Yeah. And then also, I think a good advice is you really do, especially with things that turn into a business, like you have to find a way to still have fun doing it. And that's mm-hmm. such like a cliche thing to say, but yeah. you really do have to find a way to have fun because I got very bitter throughout my career mm-hmm. and... I didn't have fun playing again until I went back to independent ball and I like the sparks. Yeah, you're like, this is why. Yeah. It got reignited and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is why I play baseball. Like yeah. I had the most fun probably I've ever played was in 2016 playing indie ball. Man. And it was awesome. It was the most fun year I ever had. And that made it fun and that made me love baseball again because I was very bitter previous mm-hmm. to that. Understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Understandably, but yeah. Exactly. But I didn't have that perspective until yeah. later on, you mm-hmm. know. And so my advice to kids is, you know, you really do need to learn to keep having fun because it is literally just a game yeah, still. Like, 100%. yes, it's hard, but it's just a game. Yeah. And then to be willing to push yourself more and more and never stop that. You can't stop pushing yourself harder and harder and you mm-hmm. need to be able to get to that next level. And not everyone can do that. Yeah, and exactly. That's, not why, that's why not everyone plays in the big leagues. Yep. 
Nice. So that would be my best advice to the kids yeah. nowadays for yeah. playing. Because and I mean, that definitely goes to more than just sports. It's anything yeah. you want to get to that high level, it's going to take more things than you're doing yeah. right now. You Even know, once you, you get, get there. to the big yeah. show, you yeah. still Everyone's chasing you. Someone's yeah. younger and faster than you like, or smarter at, than you. Look at so. Tom Brady. Look yeah. at like Steph Curry. Like yeah. these guys are continually... Yeah. You know, exceeding yeah. their, we just their see previous that, I mean, best. So, kind of, we've had a couple um, guests kind of touch on it too. But, like, I think, did it seem like more like mental prepar- preparation was bigger now than maybe when you first started, or has it always been kind of there? Or because it seems like wellness is a little bigger, at least on the social media and like professionals talk about it more. You know, but you know, the mental aspects of all of it is to me is the the mental part is the biggest part of all of it. Mm. Like. If you don't have the right mind, if you don't have the right mindset, and this is anything you do, mm-hmm. like if you don't have that right mindset and you don't understand how to practice that yeah. mentally, like you're not going to get to the places you want to get to. Like physically is still hard, but like physically you can get your body into shape or yeah. whatever you're trying to yes. do. But the mental aspect is so hard to yeah. grasp onto and like figure out. You need help with that. Mm-hmm. And you need to practice that. You, you can't just wake up one day and be like, okay, yep, mentally yeah, I'm click, there. You yeah. know, like, and you can't work. like measure it as easy as like physical no, things, exactly. you know? So man, and you're not difficult. always going to wake up with the best yes. state of mind, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, and you need to like get wow. back to that somehow. Mm-hmm. Especially you're playing yeah. baseball and you're playing 162 yeah. games. And you're traveling the you're way you're doing. One and, day, oh. two days off a month at oh most. And you're traveling everywhere. Yeah. In the you're talking to everybody, fans, media. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're playing bad on top of that. Yeah, they're like, like, why are you, what do you suck right now? Like, yeah, like, I don't know, I, you know, yeah. That's why you see these guys in interviews sometimes and they're like, you know, basically telling these dudes yeah. to go F themselves. Yeah, just like, like, just lost the beast mode game. Approach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah, just exactly. here so I won't get fired. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean. Did you yeah. see him playing last night? Did you guys watch yeah, that? Dude, yeah, dude, that touchdown dude. where he jumped over the yeah. line, that was He's sick awesome. as fuck. Yeah. He's awesome. That was that was everything I wanted to see out of he's a Marshawn awesome. Lynch performance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was cool. I figured he wouldn't do much. I mean, he yeah. had to have not been doing anything for oh, the last for sure. whatever amount of time. But it was still cool to see. Him <laughs> you on the see field. that video where he got out of his SUV? He pulled up in Seattle and he got out of Escalade. Just Skittles pouring all out of it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, hundreds of thousands of Skittles. It was, I mean, it's the most beast, way, beast mode way of doing something. So That's awesome. Dope. Yeah, yeah, after he scored that first touchdown, like, they threw so many Skittles on the yeah, field. They I had to, like, yeah. take a break yeah. and pick up exactly. all the Skittles. That. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's awesome. Oh, what a great guy. Yeah. But we can wrap this up by uh, going into our segment that we call Support Quality. And we just want to ask you about something that has brought quality to your life lately or, or your, you know, athletic career. But, uh, yeah, what is like, a, it could be a person, a place, a thing, a process, but what's something that's added quality to your life? Added quality in my life? I think um, it really did put me into another mindset and kind of readjust my focus on life. And it was uh, when my daughter was born. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people say things like this all the time, but it's just very truth, truthful. Like you have a different perspective on life because you're looking at life in a different way. It's not just you anymore. Like, yes, you might look at things differently if you have a wife or you have like a very serious girlfriend or a fiance or something. Yes, your perspective changes. But when you have a little baby, a little child in your life, like you, everything you do now is literally based off of them and what's going to be good for them and you at the same time. And it just brought like a very good 
focus for me on where I'm at in my life right now and what I need to get to and readjusted my, my goals on how to get to that, that life that I want to have and where I want to be in life and what I want to provide for her mm -hmm. and my family, you know? And I think I always try to put things into perspective on thinking about it, not just, you know, take it as, so I want to take it as like, what can I do for my family, but also what can I do for myself too? Because if I don't yeah. stay focused on myself, mm -hmm. yeah, that's going to suffer. That's going to suffer, mm -hmm. you know, and you have, it's not being selfish. It's actually being very not selfish. <laughs> yes, it's yes. being unselfish. Like you need to get yourself right uh -huh. to get them right and Absolutely. provide for them. Yes. And so that was I never, you know, I didn't, you don't, you don't know that's going to happen when you yeah. have a child. You yeah. No matter how I many know people I heard tell people you that, say yeah. that, but you just still don't know. Like, <laughs> but it was like a biological switch. Yes, yeah. it does. You better. Yeah. It's, it's like it's crazy. Like it's, I swear to God, it's giving me chills talking about <laughs> it. It's very different. And you know, I just, I've always been a positive person, but I got into a very negative mindset for a while because of baseball and all the crap I had mm -hmm. to deal with. And I didn't realize it. And after getting away from it for a year and then going back and having a good time, I kind of was able to snap out of it and get a little bit more positive, but I still was like dealing with things. Mm -hmm. And then I had my daughter and it just really kind of aligned things for me and got yeah. me into a very good place. And so that made my quality of life better, which mm -hmm. is going to make people around me's quality of life better, which is going to make my daughter and my girl's quality of life better. Mm -hmm. My f other, you know, my mom, my dad, yeah. you know, everybody like it just, you have that type together. of energy yeah, should hopefully uplift and bring everyone else to that. And that's what we all are trying to do and yes. what we all would like to have, you know, things don't always go exactly how you want them to. And you might not have the perfect life right now, but it doesn't mean you can't have it. Yeah. So staying positive and pushing forward, you know, that my daughter brought those things back to me into a much more uh, focused mindset than I was having before. You know, I was kind of a little bit all over the mm -hmm. place because of everything I'd been doing. Yeah. And now it's just a little bit calmer and more focused on what needs to happen, you know. Yeah. And so I think that would be my best answer for that. Well, that's a beautiful thing, man. Awesome. And you have a beautiful daughter. I hope to meet it. her before too long. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know you're a busy man this time around. But yeah, but yeah we appreciate you taking that, that yeah. time, no, I appreciate man. you guys having me. It's been awesome. I mean, you you are tying the knot before too long, right? Yeah, we're yeah. engaged. It's just we're trying oh, to figure it out. You got the, you got the <laughs> one on the way. You got the one on the way. We're going to wait till that one's born. Yeah, yeah. His name's going to be probably Loic. a good idea. He'll okay, be born nice. in uh, March. Oh, I already got the name chosen. Yeah, awesome. I wanted like a French name, but I didn't want it to be hard for like American people to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like especially my family and friends. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, you know, it, they might not get it how it's spelled, but like Would once you I hear, say yeah, it, you can like hear people it. can say it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that's kind of what we were going awesome. for. So yeah, it's good. Oh, it's Excited. Cool, well, I was happy to catch you while you're in town for yeah, these holiday it. season. Definitely appreciate happy it. Happy New Year, yeah, man. Yes. Happy, happy New Year. Year. Yes. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you don't even have uh, Instagram, do you? you, don't, you I do know? have Instagram. Oh, you got Instagram. Yeah, I okay. do have Instagram. Okay. Uh, man, do I follow you? Shit. <laughs> yeah, we do. Right, yeah, right. we do. We do. We do. Right. Oh, wait, are you like Rye Sands or something? Yeah, okay, I think cool, I'm Rye cool. Sands right, right. 3. Right. Yeah. yeah. So follow him on social media. Yep, yeah. Follow. Yep. Check out what's to come. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got, got some baseball stuff popping up. You can see his beautiful daughter, I'm sure. <laughs> yep. And Definitely. You can follow me at Mr. Beatty. And I'm at Young Man Old Souls. Together, you could follow our podcast and YouTube chronicles at Quality Goods TV, and you can also support us 
by purchasing merchandise. I'm wearing a sh- t-shirt right now, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. Yeah, just go on the link on our IG page. It links you to all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, support quality well, I always. Lots of new merch in the new year, too. I think that's yeah. totally right. Yeah. And uh, also, a new video coming soon. You know, mm-hmm. my new year, new video. So uh, doing it. check that out. And we will, we will obviously tell you when that's, when that's dropping. But until then, Happy New Year once again. We out.